Hey teachers, I'm Carly Walton and this is the Teach Music Online podcast, your number one resource for innovative online music teaching. In today's episode, you will be hearing about some tools and methods that you can use to engage your students online from one of my favorite people, Beth Horton. (laughs) Beth is a studio owner and an online teacher in Lubbock, Texas. She also works with Tanara, so you may have seen her around. (laughs) You maybe even had a Tanara demo with her. She is on social media a lot, helping teachers with Tanara, and she just does a lot of really, really great things in the online space. There are times when our jobs as teachers can feel really mundane and maybe even a bit boring. It's okay to admit that. Finding ways to focus on our students and their needs versus focusing on a checklist of goals or progress charts can really help, in my opinion, light up our experience as teachers. And having new ideas and ways to think out of the box can feel really refreshing. And that's what I feel like this discussion is. It's just refreshing. Beth has a great sense of humor. She has a ton of expertise and experience in teaching piano, and she just has found ways to make learning fun and really ways to make it more focused on the student. A quick note before we start, at the end of this episode, I had to cut out a couple of minutes when my daughter came into the room (laughs) and interrupted our call, so you'll hear me just cut right to the ending. I apologize for that. She interrupted, but I actually got to introduce her to Beth, and it was cute for a moment. I just had to cut that out, though. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this really fun discussion with Beth Horton. So Beth, tell us about yourself. Let's start out by just hearing how you got started with, you can talk about your studio in person and then really how you got into online teaching. It's still a new thing for a lot of teachers and we love to hear how you got started. Cool, all right, so uh, I graduated a long time, it's not a long time ago, in 2003 with a degree in instrumental music ed and I was a band director and school music teacher for eight glorious years. And then I retired in 2011 and moved from North Carolina to Austin, Texas in 2011. And when I moved there, I was, you know, starting a business, I was kind of starting over a little bit. And I was living with my sister and her family. It was really amazing. I got to kind of be there when her littles were growing up, which was awesome. And, um, thoroughly convinced me that I'm team no babies, but (laughs) But it was definitely an amazing and awesome experience. And I'm so grateful to them because that really allowed me a chance to to start my business on a good foot. Um, And in the Austin area, traffic is insane. And so, I mean, it can take you 30 minutes to go two miles if you're on the wrong road on the wrong time of day. And so uh, travel teachers are at a premium. And so I had a traveling studio, which was a lot. Um, At my peak in Austin, I was seeing alone 66 students Monday to Friday. Um, Traveling? Yes. And I was driving to them. And, (sighs) you know, when it's time to start scheduling makeup lessons and things like that, I'm driving to many different areas of town. So I lived in South Austin for a while. And so I would have a North Austin day where I would drive up Mopac and yes, it would take an hour. But once I got there, I was in neighborhoods that were, you know, 10 to 15 minutes away from each other. And it really wasn't a big deal. It's just like driving to the office, right? Um, you're like, no, it's not. But my, 
my little praise really was my office. We were, we were a team. And um, I just, I was really struggling with the idea of trying to help my clients. I wanted to be a good, you know, a, a good business owner and really try and show some flexibility. Um, and so I, you know, I had a flex week built in thanks to Wendy Stevens and her amazing website. Yes. Um, but even that sometimes is not enough. And, you know, I might get sick and I need to make, do a makeup lesson. So, um, we began to do video lessons and online lessons as a way of, of taking care of that. So I could schedule something like on my own time, but I wouldn't have to take an hour to and from my life to drive to do a 30 minute lesson. So that's how online lessons kind of started for me as a way of, of doing makeup lessons while I was in Austin. And then in 2018, my husband and I decided to move to Lubbock, Texas to get closer to his family. Um, the business still operates in Austin. I have a teacher currently working for me. Um, I'm looking for a second teacher. So if there's anyone out there who wants a job in Austin, <laughs> give me a call. Um, it really is so much fun to teach in our students' homes. And I think online teaching is kind of an extension of that. Like we get to see their setup. We know what their environment is. We know what their instrument is like so that we can really make sure that they're getting the maximum benefit from their lessons. When, when I moved here, I had some students who were like, we don't, we don't want to give you up as a teacher. And I really didn't want to give them up as students. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I started teaching online um, from my apartment. And after about three months, my husband said, get out of our apartment. And so I understand. I totally understand. And so I now rent office space um, from Becky Lawrence, my best friend ever. And everyone knows her as Miss Becky from Joy Tunes. And so cool. run our businesses concurrently. And so I teach my online lessons here in the studio. And then I also see my local students here in the studio. So it's kind of a crazy mixture of in person, online. And then I have one family that I still go to their home with. Okay, so when we were talking, you talked about creating student-focused lessons for online. I'm assuming you do this for in-person as well. But really specifically, um, can you tell us what, what is a student-focused lesson? So when I first meet a student and I meet with their parents, and a lot of it kind of depends on the age of the student, obviously, and their past experiences, I really want to get a feel first from the parent because we always do sort of a phone call interview before they come in. Um, I want to know like what what inspires this kid? How do they learn? How do they act and respond? So the two little guys that just left my office when I talked to mom originally, she was like, you know, my older student, he is going to question everything. He is going to want to know why he is going to look ahead. He is. So I know that. <laughs> student who's very engaged and who's very analytical and so I can I can find the materials and supplies that I'm going to use with him that kind of spark his brain in that way that are constantly one step ahead of why um, so that he's discovering those things so like piano town is a great method for him because it's got those questions on the side that really force them to engage and look it's not a great method for every kid but it's a great method for a kid like him and so learning you know what do what do the parents want i mean he's seven so we're really not super focused on if he wants to go to carnegie hall or not um 
But what do the parents want from the lessons? Do they want exposure? Do they want skill building? Do they want something that's cross-curricular? And making sure that I'm building in those connections for the student in that way. Um, and What's then, that called? Piano time or piano? Piano town. It's Keith Snow town. and Diane method. Yes, I'm just making a note of that so I can share that. Okay, piano time. Yeah. Great. And then, you know, for his younger brother, who's not quite a very strong reader yet, equally rambunctious, but in different ways, um, way more physically coordinated, which I think is kind of amazing to kind of see these things. Um, we use the Faber pre-reading um, because it sparks imagination. We like to talk about the characters. He gets very excited to play along with Mrs. Razzle Dazzle. And so, you know, knowing that you've got a, a creative and excited little guy who, who likes to play pretend still, finding, finding materials that are gonna spark that in him so that he wants to practice and he wants to engage in what he's doing. And I would say like 80% of my clients want, you know, musical foundation and musical exposure and just trying to unlock the students personality types and their interests to provide that for them is vital so if another student she's obsessed with unicorns so <laughs> we first started out and she is she um has autism and so when she first came to me um because she's not a reader we focus a lot on rote teaching and the very first song we learned was unicorn and we just made it up you know popped on the <laughs> talk about the two groups and the three groups and unicorn, unicorn, I love unicorns. And we just play that on the black keys and we can go all the way up and all the way down. And then, you know, we added mermaid to the mix and, <laughs> you know, we, we can create our own curriculum if we need to, to kind of spark what their interests are and what makes it fun and exciting for them. And then there, again, there's that trust. They know someone's listening to me, someone's paying attention to me and and she's asking me to do this thing and I want to do it because it's fun it's about mermaids or it's fun because it answers my questions or it's fun because I'm playing pretend that's so, so great I and I'm hearing a lot of getting outside of the box and using our creativity which I think is the funnest part of being a teacher is getting yeah. to use getting to use our experience with sometimes hundreds of students in the past who you you start catering and you start looking into different methods. I I really like hearing that you're using different methods and not, you know, I love this method, it's what I stick to. And, and maybe for the most part you have one, but when you have a, a student with different needs or with yeah. different desires or different way of learning, why not help them be more right. focused? Well, and we wouldn't have, you know, tens of different method books on the market if it was truly one size fits all. And I think a lot of times, and I don't wanna judge our colleagues, but I think a lot of times they find the thing that works for the way their brain works. And so it becomes very prescriptive for everything else. And then it just turns into a turn the page, turn the page, get out the corresponding theory book, turn the page, turn the page. And as teachers, we get bored with that and then we don't understand why our students are bored. And then we don't understand why we're losing our students. And it's like, well, you know, if you're not engaged or excited about what you're doing, they're not gonna be engaged. Yeah. So, How do you transition that engagement online or, or what are some specific tactics that have helped you? Because it is hard, a little harder and different online. It is a lot harder and a lot more different online. So a lot of times, 
I'll try and get the kid to like physically engage with their materials. Like I can't be there to lean and point. So I'll say, okay, I need for you to point on your page to the flat sign, show me the flat sign, hold your book up to the camera, or do you need to circle that? And, you know, a lot of times in person, it's really easy for us to grab a pencil and lean over and mark their book. <laughs> but they're not as likely to remember or care why Miss Beth scribbled in their book. But if they're the one to make the mark, a lot of times they'll go, well, what should I write? And just having them work through the process of, well, what do you need to write so that you remember to not miss that flat? Or what do you need to write? What will help you remember? That is going to force them to remember that there's something important in that spot. So just saying, hey, grab your pencil or and go find a crayon or, you know, I need for you to go find five Lego minifigures. You have 30 seconds. I'm counting. Go. And you can get them to get up and run from the piano and get their minifigures so that we can practice putting the mini figures on the keys of the, you know, the pentascale. Um, I have all of those manipulatives in person, but they are in a home full of their toys and junk. So let's put it to good use. Um, and, and being able to get up and being able to get to move around, um, I think is really important. And just, you know, instead of, instead of doing for them, like sometimes we have the habit of doing in studio, we kind of force them to kind of do it on their own. And I think that extra added sort of sense of responsibility makes them feel a little bit more important. And it also really helps what they're doing stick better um, because there's something physical, there's some extra mental effort tied to it, um, which I love. I ask a lot of questions, um, have them listen a lot, trying to be imaginative about like, what does it sound like? Um, which piece do you like better? Which one do you not like as much? We do all those things in studio too, but you kind of have to amp up your level of like expressive output when you're online just to try and, and get them hooked in. A lot of times I'll be like, okay, I need for you to watch Miss Beth TV, pick up your phone and I'll <laughs> up and show them what I need for them to see. Um, and then, you know, just the act of manipulating their environment and feeling in control, I think is important. Today I'm sharing with you a review that Mage left on my Facebook page. Mage is one of our TMO members. She is a tech guru and she's just a wonderful teacher that we really love having in there. This is what she said. Carly Walton's Teach Music Online course is the most thorough and easy to follow guide for music teachers who wish to teach live music lessons online. I say this both as a computer technician and a teacher. Although I was already teaching online before I got the course, I still gained many gold nuggets of information that helped me shape and improve my online studio. I used some of her marketing strategies of presenting online lessons to prospective students and families. Access to the members-only forum allows teachers to share tips for this new yet fast-growing effective trend in music education. Thank you so much, Mage, for your review. I always love hearing that the membership is helpful for teachers who are already teaching online. And Mage actually left this review about a year ago. And since then, the course has quadrupled in size. 
<laughs> and it's shifted really to much more of a focus on business and marketing. When I first created the course, I it was really helping teachers transition online and learn how to teach online. All of that is still there for teachers starting from scratch, but it's really like ground the groundwork. It's just your foundation. And then we get into really how to have a successful business, how to recruit students, and how to have success with your online teaching. Thank you so much, Mage, for the review. Let's dive right back into our discussion with Beth. What would you suggest? I'm, I'm thinking about my own transition to online and I, I'm a very traditional, classical trained pianist. And for, for many years, I taught that way. And it took a while for me to start using manipulatives and start doing off the bench activities as, as blogs came out and as I started learning, oh, there's, there's more than one way to learn. So what are some, do you have any resources you would recommend for teachers who maybe were more like me and teach in a traditional manner, but when they switch to online, it's helpful to have some of those more creative activities? Yeah. So I would definitely say kind of start with like the holy grail um, like Diane Heidi's got a great part on her blog that talks about the different types of manipulatives and things that she uses, um, her little erasers and things like that. Um, by reading through how she uses them in lessons, you can then sort of go, okay, well, this is, this is what I need my student to have. So, you know, I have a, a she's in eighth grade now and we're getting into some more complex music. I don't, I can't just reach over and smack highlighter tape on there. So I just hop on Amazon and ship it to her house. You know what I mean? Just like, I need for you to have these things. <laughs> these are amazing. These are amazing things. I need for you to have these things. And so I'm just going to send it to you. And, you know, materials and supplies are rolled into the cost of tuition for me. So that's not, you know, a massive issue. Um, do, you, do you mind me asking what you charge and if there's a difference between your in-person and online for supplies? Um, yeah, so I charge um, for, um, I, char I charge based on the market that I'm teaching in. So in-person sure. in lessons are a lot less expensive than the online lessons are. Online lessons for one student are 135 per month, and that's over the course of 12 months for 42 lessons. That's, so their, that's their tuition, including their, their tuition. materials. Mm -hmm. That includes materials. Um, they do still purchase their own books, but uh, it includes like Piano Maestro Access, Supersonics, um, any of the um, studio licensed music that I happen to download and send to them. Um, so, so smart. Why don't we do that more often? <laughs> I don't know. I think a lot of times. You know, we're so caught up in the teaching part, right? Like the, I want to be the very best teacher ever. And we get caught up in the, the relationship part. Like I need for them to trust me and, and I need to trust them. And, and we need to be able to work together as a team that we forget that we're also running a business. And it's a really complex sort of organism that we're in charge of every day. And I mean, I admit like a lot of times, like the businessy stuff, as much as as much as I kind of like it, it falls through the cracks because I'm focused more on the other things. And so um, just kind of taking the time, I usually take a week or so out of summer to kind of do a spring clean of, of everything that I kind of need to get back on track with. Mm -hmm. um, do you, I'm curious again about your schedule. So you do 135 yeah. a month for 12 months. And then do you have a calendar that marks off certain weeks that you have your own yes. vacation? 
They get something that looks exactly like the school year calendar. Um, and so it marks like here's Christmas break is purple. We're not here. Yellow is flex week. We mark the start of each semester when the studio is closed. Um, and so during the school year, we've got a set number of weekly lessons for fall and spring semester. And then summer is like, we've got a week or so marked off in summer for June, because I'm going to TMTA conference. Um, and then July is marked off for the 4th of July. We're, we're just not gonna offer lessons. But um, from the end of March, March 23rd until, you know, August, probably 19th or August 18th, um, they can schedule eight lessons a la carte. So it tallies up to 42, um, but they schedule all of that a la carte. And I use my music staff um, to, to handle my schedule. Okay, great. That's really great to hear. And so you have that built, you have kind of built in your materials and your fees. And then... You mentioned they get their own books, so they're ordering their books their their books on Amazon if they're online, most likely. Yeah. Very I'll cool. Link, and I do know, like, my Austin students, I know kind of what's in stock in the local Austin stores mm -hmm. and here in stock. So at the end of my, my in-person lesson today, I sent mom an email saying, hey, they're both close to the end of their books. There's a link on Amazon, but it's also available locally at Tarpley's. So I try and make sure that I promote easy. retailers as much as I can, but... They still need the product info. It's easy on Amazon. <laughs> it sure is. Something else that I should mention, I don't know that I've mentioned in the course for teachers, is with Amazon, you can create an affiliate link. So you're sending yes. out affiliate links and I get, you know, I you get, I don't know, 10, 20 bucks a semester towards your own materials. If they're purchasing through your affiliate link, you get a little bit of a commission, which is kind of a nice bonus. If you're sending out those links anyway, may yeah. as well make some commission yeah. on that. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about Tonara? Teachers know about it, but tell us how you use it with your online students or some of your favorite aspects of it. Yeah, so I love the fact that Tonara, again, we keep talking, going back to like relationship building. Tonara gives me a really great way for, to build structure and a safety net for my online students in between lessons. So this morning I had an online lesson with my buddy Grayson and he is new to using Tonara, um, but he is not new to online lessons um, or me as a teacher, but it was really easy for me to, I'm creating his assignment and we're working on um, Piano Pronto Chopin medley in the red book. And I'm a firm believer that it's very difficult to put together a puzzle if you're not looking at the top of the box. So why would you not have a musical model of what you're supposed to be working on? Now, I know some teachers are like, well, but then they're just going to copy you. Okay. <laughs> he, I already know he knows how to read the notes. I already know he knows how to read the rhythms. I need for him in between those lessons to know that he's on the right track. It's okay, buddy. So I am able to open up and create an assignment to tell them step-by-step, step, work in two separate sections, work slowly, make sure that you're counting with steady beat. And then I was able to upload two recordings. I, I split the medleys into two because that's how I want him to practice it so that he's able to listen, you know, check your work. I want you to listen to Nocturne. I want you to record Nocturne and send me a recording of it. And then I want you to listen to your recording and listen to my recording. What's different? What's the same? What do you want to work on next? Um, because then he can continue, we can kind of extend the lesson 
beyond just what's happening in person. Now I know I could write all this down in a notebook if he's in person, or I can write it all down on a PDF and email it to his mom. He's not going to read that. I mean, there's <laughs> a 70% Let's chance. Real. <laughs> yeah, there's a 70% chance that mom is going to actually print it and it will make it all the way into the binder. If it makes it to the binder, there's like a 40% chance that he will open the binder once and then he's only going to read like 20% of what he needs to do. And probably just right before his lesson. <laughs> exactly. Right? And he but probably not with Grayson. He's pretty he's pretty studious, but he he will he will not read every detail and that's okay. So with Tonara, it breaks it down into chunks. They're brightly colored. Here's you know, here's a repertoire piece. It's purple. Here's a technique piece. It's blue. It's awesome. And I can upload recordings. I can upload videos. Um, I was away at NAM a couple of weekends ago, and I got a text via the chat feature of Tonara from him. And it was, help, I can't remember my starting notes. Is this right? And he took it. He is nine. He took a picture of the first measure, and he had labeled his first notes. And I was able to look at it. It took all of 30 seconds. And I was like, your right hand is perfect. Good job. You're thinking with your treble clef brain for your right hand, not your bass clef brain. Try again. And 15 minutes later, I get, oh, it's D. Okay, great. <laughs> right? So he is able to kind of think about it, think it through. And like three magical things have happened. Number one, it's going to sound good when he practices. So he's going to want to practice more. Number two, of course, corrected. So he's not going to spend an entire week playing something wrong. And number three, I've established that I am here to help him and we have trust. Even though I am very far away, I am still close enough to help him when he needs it. And when I first started with Tonara, I was like, oh my God, they're going to spam me all the time. And I'm like, just, I don't want to do it. <laughs> hey, they're all, I mean, all of the kids are fairly respectful. They make sure that they're not, I've got two. One is seven and somewhat immature. And I get, I have the hiccups. Oh, I'm not going to respond to that. And that's okay. Here. And then two days later, they're gone now. <laughs> right? like, I don't care. And, you know, I don't, I mean, I pay attention to my notifications. Of course, we all are slightly obsessed with that little red circle. But I check my Tonara notifications when I have a chance to, and I can step in and help if I need to. Mm -hmm. Go, okay, cool about this. I think I there are so many just gold nuggets in there of I love how we're talking about building relationships with students and how sometimes that can get lost but we are we really are mentors for these these children they look up to us they admire us we're someone in their lives that spends a lot of time with them and they yeah. and they want to be like us in a way and to be able to build that relationship to a point where they feel comfortable messaging for me what I noticed the difference when I started using Tanara versus before is I never heard from my students they yeah. some of them I had on WhatsApp and I would tell them text me on your mom's phone but they have a I and you know an I um either an iPad or a a, a phone that might not have cellular service so they couldn't text me but with Tonara it's just an app so I hear so often from my students just like they'll say you know this song's really hard is it okay if I just do one page instead of two and I say of course thank you for asking or yeah. they'll say you know I like you said like I need help on the last measure of this page I am so happy to help them and it takes a two minutes out of my time because that right. means that they trust you and the parent is going to 
love you all the more because there's the student is involved. Yeah, it's an excellent selling point for parents too because and I, I mean, we want our parents to be involved and they can, like they can log in on their device when the kid is on their device practicing so that they can kind of listen from the other room, but it kind of takes away the whole, I'm gonna set the timer for 20 minutes and I better hear piano. Well, I mean, that's kind of a not happy way of, of starting yeah. practice session. It's not a great way of engaging with the music and, and parents have so many hills that they have to die on every single day why, why let's add this one. So this is, this is kind of a great way of saying, I need for you to take your, your iPad or your phone or your Kindle to the piano. Here's your practice. I've logged you in and you know, Miss Beth is going to be able to see what you've been doing. So make sure you do it right. But they don't have to, they don't have to go, I don't hear anything. I'm starting the timer over again. Like that. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks to my childhood. But <laughs> I was like, you seem to know this really well. I don't know. I was a really bad practicer as a child. Let's just start with that. Um, but, and it's still a bad practicer as an adult, but I've turned myself <laughs> into a student on Tonara and, you know, set my own practicing challenges. And I use that as a way of kind of inspiring my kiddos to practice more. You get more. So good. You have more practice points than Miss Beth at the start of your lesson and you get a thousand bonus points. <laughs> because the points are totally meaningless but when a kid gets them they mean so much to them you know what I mean like it costs yeah. nothing to give them points but it gives them such a huge boost not every kid because no one is a hundred percent motivated the same way but I am totally fine exploiting that with the kids who are still hooked on extrinsic motivation so for teachers listening and watching, we're still talking about Tonara, and some of you are not familiar with Tonara. This app is really easy to use. You can join really easily, start a free account for the first 45 days. I think it's 30 now. 30. 30, 30 days. And as part of the course, you actually get 20% off your first year with Tonara, which is an exclusive offer that we have. And it's super easy. So we've been talking about tracking practice. So students can open a little practice tab and while they're playing, they can start tracking their practice online through their app. Are there any other specific features that you think are super unique that teachers should be taking advantage of? I mean, the the community building that you can have within the app is amazing. You know, as teachers, we often wonder like, why did, why did piano lose? Well, sometimes piano loses the soccer, not because the kid doesn't love piano, but because the, the collegiality mm. of being on a team and, and being responsible to other people on our team um, is, is big. You don't want to let your teammates down because you missed a game. You don't want to let your teammates down because you're missing practice. And if we can create that team atmosphere in our studio, we've given our kids another way to connect and another way to build community, which is really important, um, especially for our kids who aren't sports kids. You know, they need a place where they have a team. And piano sometimes is very isolating um, because you practice by yourself. And, and this is a way for you to kind of practice with a team or practice with a buddy. I also love that we can upload so many supporting documents to a lesson assignment. If I have, like, I have an adult student who is very uncertain about pedaling. So a lot of times I'll take, I'll record a video of my foot pedaling just to kind of remind her, this is where it syncs up in the music. Um, you can do PDF 
Um, so I have a scales challenge and when they're ready for their next one, I can upload the PDF and they can download it and they have it. I use it a lot for grading theory for online. They just take a picture of their completed theory assignment. I use markup and then I send it back through chat. So, so easy. It's great because I can consolidate every part of what they're doing into one place. And I'm not like you, I'm not chasing it through WhatsApp or through text or through Facebook or through, you know, my music staff or Google Drive, like email. <laughs> I just, it's in one spot and I have it where I need it to be. So it's a massive time saver for me. And, you know, once you've created an assignment, if you save it in the repertoire section, you can reassign it. So, I mean, obviously you want to customize it to your student, but if you already have the, the structure set up, the skeleton of the assignment set up, just copying it to the new student and then adding your customizations takes 20 seconds during a lesson versus hashing it all out, typing it or writing it out by hand and, and hoping that the student looks at it. So I love it. It's a time saver for me and it's a great way to engage my students. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And I would just encourage teachers, like you've said, to give it a try. There's no no harm in trying it out and seeing, especially especially with online students. I've just, like you said, you can create this sense of community with students who are living in other locations and give them that experience, heighten their experience with communicating with other students and feeling like they're a part of something that's a huge benefit that I don't I can't think of how else you would do that as easily than with a, a studio specific app it's it's really cool the last thing I wanted to ask is for if you have one or two tips for teachers who might be overwhelmed with their studio size like you have a ton of students someone that might be like you that that feels occasionally how do I I can't plan for 60 students. I can't, you know, how do I create customized lessons for all of these students? What are some things they can do that are maybe small steps in that direction? Um, so steps I'm planning on taking, obviously I would like to scale back my student load. Um, I can choose to do that one of two ways. I can either increase my prices or I can hire somebody new. Um, and so that would be my first step is to think, okay, if I, I need to, I'm overwhelmed. I've clearly got more business than I can handle. I either need to raise my rights, rates because of supply and demand, or I need to have someone join the team. Having someone join the team is a whole other ball of wax that you may not want to. Yeah. Um, I've done it already twice. And so adding someone new is not horrifying to me, but for someone first time, that just kind of, I think, would add to your stress. So I would say raise your rates and lower your student load. Um, or uh, in terms of just planning for it all, um, think um, in terms of connections. So think about the kids who are similar ages and similar interests and make sure that they're kind of following a similar curriculum track. So once you've done the planning for one, you can kind of follow your stepping stones. Um, I think most of us have new students joining at, dirt, you know, at similar times of year. And so, you know, I have four students right now who are all kind of in the same place in their learning. So I'm not necessarily planning for four, I'm planning for one and I'm making adjustments based on personality and interests. But those are things that can kind of happen a little bit more on the fly once you're more experienced and able to kind of pull things quickly. Um, so kind of kind of thinking about your connections, like doing a little beautiful mind <laughs> drawings in the air and 
and thinking, oh, well, like, like this kid and this kid, um, they're in a similar place. How are they the same? How are they the different? How are they different? And going from there, um, and trying to find like a set planning time every day. So when I come in in the morning, I'll sit down and look at who I have for the day, and I'll make sure that I have new music pulled for them. A lot of times, if I know they're going to start something new, I print it at their previous lesson and I have it ready for them for this week. So like hmm. down here by my table, I've got my little rack of everybody's books and they're just in order by the week. So I know who's next. I'm going to pull out my spotlight solos. I'm going to use it. I'm just going to boom right there. So it's all one-stop shopping. When it's time to plan, I have the books that I need for the day and it's just right there. Um, and then if I have, um, like music that needs to go out, I just put it in their section so that it's, mm -hmm. it's ready when it's time to go. So just trying to find, um, super simple systems to put into place to kind of streamline what you're doing. Um, and then the thing that has helped me more than anything, I think is this year, I didn't schedule any lessons on Friday. I love that. I started doing that too. It's amazing. It's like the best thing ever. So, so having that, that, that extra buffer of time, even if it's like, you know, I, I could start on Monday mornings, but maybe I'm not going to start teaching on Mondays until four. And I'm going to use Monday morning to kind of pull myself together and do my planning for the week. Um, but, you know, really just trying to streamline your processes and I'm, I'm saying things aspirationally, like there's a lot <laughs> that I do now that I wish I did better. And so, you know, it's like, it's always a process to go, okay, this is working for me. Now I need to double down and do it more here or less here. So thank you so much. That was so fun to chat and get to know yeah. you better and hear about your journey as an online teacher. And where can teachers find you if they want to reach out to you and say hi or? Yeah, they can email me, Beth at sharingtheloveofmusic.com um, or they can check out my website, sharingtheloveofmusic.com. There's a contact page on there. Who is your business coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I created a virtual course and coaching membership called Teach Music Online that I want to invite you to join me in. With 60 plus videos, online teaching certification, monthly live group sessions, hundreds of hours of recordings, and online forums, you'll know exactly how to create a thriving online business that gives you the flexibility and freedom that I know you deserve. Plus, you'll have the support of hundreds of like-minded teachers along the way. So when you're ready to really take what you're learning on this podcast to the 10x level, then come check out the Teach Music Online membership at teachmusic.online forward slash membership. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have an amazing week and as always, happy teaching.